Hello, and welcome to the FWC Podcast. Today's service is actually our Easter Sunday service with a special testimony given by Jay Schisler and then the message given by Pastor David Damiani. Enjoy. Actually, this is threefold. This is the way, when I was a young child, we always went to church like this. We were taught that we had to wear our Sunday best because we had to prove something to him. Secondly, let me think, what's the second reason? Uh, Oh, today's reason is hide a lot of sins. All this, you know, big pockets, many pockets, I can hide a lot of sins in there. So I can convince you, I'll try and convince you. No, until I'm done, I will convince you. I'm a child of God, because who could come looking, looking like this with a coat and tie and not be a child of God? Well, a lot of people are convinced that that's the way to do it. I'm here to convince you it's not the way to do it. There's a better way. Anyhow, I would like to share a story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a little bit of testimony, and I said maybe I'd finish it on Easter. I'm not going to finish it today, because I hope it goes to the end of my life. But uh, as a young child, um, we went to a Mennonite church, conservative church. It was conservative enough that the, the boys sat with the, their parents, and my sisters sat with the, with the women. Probably a lot of you have never heard of that. But anyhow, that's, that's the way it was. We had to have a um, perfect attendance for Sunday school. Um, and a lot of other things that happened after church, we would go to. Uh, and church was good, don't get me wrong. But after church, we'd go to my grandparents' one side, either my father's side. Next Sunday, we'd go to my, my mother's side. But I don't want to bore you with all that. Um, but it was, a, it was a good life. I was born on a, on a farm in Telford. I learned how to work and what work was all about. Um, but that's just the beginning of, 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 a, of a long story. Um, I went into business when I was 13. I had a paper route. Um, I think I got a nickel. Uh, a paper, and boy, that was, that was pretty good. I got a little older. I think I had that for about a year and a half, and I thought, wow. Uh, some of my friends, older friends, had some neat cars and neighbors, and I thought, boy, that's neat. I got to get one of them, and I just, I, I want to go fast. So I got to get a better job if I want to get a car. So then I started working on, uh, on a neighbor farm. And turned 16, and that's where it all went sour. But if I could do it over again, I'd probably do it a little differently, but I'm glad that it turned out the way it did because I learned a lot about life. 16, I bought a car, had a decent job, saved up enough money until... um, I realized that I didn't need that job anymore because now... I had enough money that I could buy gas for a couple of weeks, and I didn't need that job because I was more interested in, in going out and, and going fast and having a good time. Well, 
That set me in a wrong direction. By the time I was 18, I found myself in prison seven times. Um, it's not a good place to be. It's, 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 it's tough. I grew up in prison. I, I was out by the time I was 19, but I grew up in prison. I'm not going to tell you some of the things that went on. Some of it was really bad. Uh, well, I'll, I'll share real quick. The reason I went to prison is because I like to drive fast. I didn't have enough money to pay the fines. They'd get a warrant. They'd come and get me. I didn't have the money. They put me in prison. Well, I lost my license. They said I couldn't drive. What do you mean I can't drive? I drove before. I still have my keys. I can drive. I don't need a license. This is my life. Don't tell me what to do. I'm in charge of it. So I drove in prison again, and that went on until I was in a very serious accident. Um, was an act of God. I wish it hadn't been. My next-door neighbor, this was the neighbor within 300 feet of me, um, I was in a serious accident, hit him head on. I was hardly injured. I had one scar on my, on my right hand, and he was seriously injured, almost died. Um, so, yeah, that changed my life. Shortly after, I met a beautiful woman. Um, we were married. A couple of years after that, we had four, one, four wonderful children. We now have uh, 11 grandchildren. So God has truly, truly blessed me. Um, but the real reason I'm here is today is an anniversary. Most, most important anniversary of my life. Jane, I'm not here to say that I wish I could say it's our anniversary of marriage of 51 years, but it's not. This is more even important than that. It's not your birthday. It's not my birthday. It's, it's an important anniversary because today, one year ago, after being in church for off and on for 70-some years, thought I had a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and I believe I did because he often woke me up. I probably didn't get that until 10 years ago, but he would wake me up, and he would say things to me, and I paid attention to him. I thought at first it was my conscience, but no, it was the Holy Spirit. But what had happened a year ago today is my wife and I had a little dispute, very small, but I had woke up. Um, Easter Eve, I guess I'd call it. I was real excited because I wanted to do something, and I was really excited because it had to do with church and of the Lord. And I, I, just, I was just so excited about it. And I thought, I need to share this with someone. So who could I share it with? I shared it with her. And she says, well, you're not in charge. <laughs> Rip my heart out. I mean, I was looking for encouragement, and she did the best thing. She said, you're not in charge. And that's where this story really begins. Well, I was angry, but we don't ever fight. I shut down. And I shut down, and I didn't talk to her, and she knows that I'm angry. Um, we were ready to go to church. We were eating breakfast, got ready to go to church. And uh, 
got in the car and I drove. I probably drove down here a little faster than I should have because I was a little angry. We walked into church and we sat right over there. It was only probably at that time, it was probably only 20 of us here, maybe 30, because this was right in the COVID pandemic. Sat over there and sang a few songs, probably two or three songs. And my wife turns and looks at me. Now, you could see whoever was here, David, you could see that when we walked in, we kind of stomped in. We were not real happy. And uh, we had something going on. So we sat down, um, sang a couple of songs again, and she looks at me and says, I'm sorry. So what does this chauvinist pig say? Little late now. (laughs) Wow. She turned her back to me and sat there for about 30 seconds. I would have slapped, if I was her, I'd have slapped me. Right in front of everybody. Because now I'm in charge. Yeah, I'm in charge now because before you were in charge, you cut me down, but she didn't even know it. Now I'm getting back at you. I'm cutting you. Now I'm in charge. This chauvinist pig is in charge now, baby. So she sat there for about 30 seconds, and she, she looks at me and says, I'm leaving. I thought, well, I got the keys. Where are you going to go, hon? So she gets up. And, of course, I get up and follow after. I think you probably remember us stomping out. I don't think we were stomping out, but, of course, we weren't happy. So you could tell something was wrong. You probably thought it was something you said or maybe a, maybe a song that we sang that wasn't gone right, you know. Um, but it wasn't that. It was, but anyhow, we walked out the front. No, we stomped out or out, out the, the door here. That's where... We were coming in and out at that time and didn't say a word and we didn't get out even into the parking lot and behind me we could hear someone yelling hey 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 turned around and it was a young woman who i had met previously didn't really know her name um and i i got to know her by, uh, like I said, a couple weeks before, the first week I entered, I seen her and I seen another woman. And um, it was a time of church where there wasn't, like I said, very few people here. So being the antsy person I am, I think that week I was, I was here by myself, sitting right over there. And I got up and I walked around and just, you know, just nonchalantly, just taking everything in and thought, this is a little different than the church that I'm normally accustomed to. I got to the the back there, and this woman who yelled after, after me and my wife was sitting back there all the way against the wall with her head down and praying. I thought, well, that's neat. I, I, I can understand that. I got a little further, and right in the middle of the aisle where you come in the door now was a woman on her knees with her head between her knees. And I kind of thought, wow, I've never seen this before. I thought, well, does she have leprosy? Could it be that something's wrong with her, that she can't walk? That's a joke. But anyhow, I walked around her. And I thought, this is so neat that someone can, can do that 
in church where, you know, I was always brought, just keep your mouth shut, yell amen, only if you're sitting on the front bench, but yell amen, but everybody else just sit there and don't say a word, just be reverent. Well, anyhow, I'm getting off the, off the track there, but when this woman said something to us, she came up to us, and like I said, I didn't even know her name, I recognized her face, and she said, can I pray for you? Yeah, you know, I'm a little angry. It wasn't really the time. I didn't think I wanted to go home and get this worked out with my wife. But just being the kind person I am, right, David? I said, yeah. She said, do you know the prayer language? Come on, lady. I'm 72 years old. I've been in church all my life. Do I know the prayer language? Yeah, I should be praying for you, honey. I didn't say that, but that's what I thought. So, again, being the kind person I am, I said, yeah, go ahead. She laid one hand on me, the other hand on Jane, and she started praying. Whoa. This was praying in tongues. This young woman, who I had never met, well, like I said, I had met her but didn't have any conversation with her, started praying in tongues for me and Jane. Now I'm freaked out. Now I'm thinking, oh, Lord, yeah, I know the prayer language. Do you know the prayer language? Evidently she did, and I was still learning. But I guess she prayed, which seemed for hours. It was only a couple of minutes, and I picked my hand up, took her hand off of off of my shoulder and said, ma'am, this isn't working. I was just being polite, but I was also being honest. And she says, I know, but it is for me. And then we talked for probably 15 minutes, got to know each other well, came back in just as happy as could ever be. Um, and the real reason that I want to share this is with, with you because of... Uh, here was a young woman, and of me going to church for all these years. Oh, people prayed for me, went in one ear and out the other. But here was a young woman that was willing to humble herself and pray in a way that I had never heard before. And it was through the Holy Spirit. One of the things I'd like to say is when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, don't hold back. Let it out. What it has done, and this is the most important part of this story, what it has done to me at, at, at even this age, many times going through hard times, I thought, I ought to get into the Bible. I ought to get into the Scriptures. It's the, it's the true living Word. I ought to get into it. So I would try and get into it, and I didn't understand it. And I'd pray, Lord, help me understand this. And it didn't work. Well, what I did when I got home that day, I made a couple of phone calls to different pastors um, and said, you know, what is going on here? Why didn't you preach that to me? Well, it's not too well accepted in the conventional church today. Actually, Darrell Morton called me. Monday morning. You all know Darrell, I believe, and he called me Monday morning, and I said, Darrell, 
I said, I got a story for you. And I said, I need you to help me out. This praying in tongues, what's it all about? He says, well, it's a gift. He says, and who was it? I told him her name, and he says, wow. He says, that's amazing, because just the Friday before she had prayed for us on Sunday, she had met in the back room here, and that was nonchalant. She just come walking in, and you and Darrell were there, and somehow you were praying in tongues, and that was the first time I believe she was ever introduced to praying in tongues, and then, of course, two days later, I was, we were the first ones that she prayed in tongues for. So I thought, this is really, man, I got to get into the Word. So I did, and I got into the book of, they said, read the book of Acts, where it speaks about all these, uh, all these uh, gifts. I think there's about 24 of them. Um, and each of you have some of them. Maybe you can't pray in tongues. I still can't pray in tongues today. I thought, boy, I want to do it. And I thought, should I go on the Internet? Maybe I can learn it on the Internet, you know? <laughs> Seriously, that's what I was thinking. I said that to one of the pastors, because the pastor I was talking to started praying in tongues to me then. And I said, oh, you know how to do it. He says, yeah, but I won't do it in church. He says, because I could be ostracized. That means grabbed by the shirt and walked out like a bunch of bouncers at a bar. And anyhow... Um, I forgot where I was. But anyhow, uh, it'll come to me. Lord, help me. You were reading Acts. She... You started reading the book of Acts. Oh, yeah. Start, thank you, David. You, you pay more attention I to me than I pay to you. <laughs> That's okay. So anyhow, I started reading in the book of Acts. And wow, it's all there. It's all there. And you know what? I've been reading, now I'm bragging, I've been reading a chapter every day because of a woman who stepped out of her comfort zone and prayed in tongues for me. She could have prayed, if she would have prayed the conventional prayers that, that I was brought up with, I wouldn't be here this morning. I still wouldn't be reading this book of life. I still would not be reading it. So get out of your comfort zone and do what we need to do. I'd like to share something real quick. Am I running out of time, David? All right. You sure? Yes. I'd like to share a song with you that probably most of you have never heard. It was written specifically for me, and I think probably a lot of you can fit into it. It was written by Chris Christofferson. I don't know if any of you heard of Chris. He, he was a rebel, he was a womanizer, he was a drunk, and he was a drug addict. I don't know what changed his mind, but here it is. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth love from you? For the kindness you've shown, Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it so oh. 
help me, Jesus. I know what I am, but now that I know that I've needed you, so help me, Jesus. My soul's in your hand. Here's the most important. Here, no, here's the most important part of this song. This is why I'm here this morning. Try me, Lord. If you think there's a way, I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself. On my way back to you, Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus, I know what I am, but now that I know that I've needed you. So help me, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. One more time. Help me out. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it. So help me, Jesus. I know. souls in your hand. You know, yeah, Jesus, my soul's in your hand. The word says that if what I just shared would change the life of one person. It said, and that's what this was all about. What does the Lord say? The angels in heaven dance, right? That means they're happy. I can't dance, but I'm still happy. Thank you for your time. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jay Schisler. <laughs> Amen, brother. Hallelujah. That's, a, that's the power of the resurrection right there. 72 in church his whole life. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Holy Spirit. 
Yes, brother. <laughs> he said that, <laughs> he said that this church is full of the Holy Spirit and it scared the whatever bejeebies are out of him <laughs> for a month. <laughs> so two weeks ago or so, um, I think it was, I brought a, the mic back to Jay and he, he shared a little bit. The reason it, it's blowing his mind, like what is happening to me? Like, why do I understand this now? Why do, why do I have a hunger for the Bible? Why do I, all my life, I, I, I've struggled to have a passion or a desire for the Word of God. And so I brought the mic back to him, and, and he, um, he had said, maybe I'll tell the rest of the story on Easter. I had no idea why he said Easter. I, I really had no idea. Um, and then he called me this week, and, and he said, you know, I think I want to share if I can. And I said, you know, yeah, I, w- I would like you to. That, that's great. He said, we'll see how it goes. I'll, you know, I'll see. I'll write something down. I'll write my story. I just feel like I should. And this morning I was sitting over here and I was trying to remember last Easter because I can't remember last Easter. Can you guys? <laughs> We had church, right? Um, I know. I know it was like the peak of of everything being shut down and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the reason I wanted Jay to share and was more than willing to, to let him share is because when all this happened, can I tell you a quick story? Right? Permission? Yeah. Thank you. So should I stop? Oh, okay. Thank you. When all this happened, and I know I have shared this a couple times, but um, I like the sympathy, so I'll share it again <laughs> so you can feel sorry for me. Um, <laughs> you know, my dad retired in January, and in, and in March, you know, I'm to have the responsibility of the church now, and in March, COVID hit. And I shared maybe two weeks ago that there was no one to call. There was no pastor you could call and say, what did you do last time there was a global pandemic? Um, never happened before. And even, there's been global pandemics, but not in our lifetime. You know, maybe some of you remember the 18... I didn't point at anyone. <laughs> we, you know, we, not in our lifetime and never in the history of the world for 2,000 years were churches shut down, like, you know, in that way because of a, a disease, and that definitely never in America. Church has been persecuted, but they didn't just shut down, you know. They, they reassembled other places. Um, in America, never our country was founded on biblical principles, and for religious freedom is the reason people came here. And, and for the government to shut churches down was mind-blowing, and I'm standing here, um, okay, Lord, what in the world, or my word, what in tarnation? <laughs> what in tarnation am I supposed to do? Um, and two people called me, and if you guys have smartphones, texting is kind of the thing 
And, you know, you get a phone call and sometimes you just hit that power button and it goes to voicemail and then you wait for a text. Anybody ever do that? It's not overly convenient to talk on the phone um, at that moment, right? Because you got it with you 24-7. So, like, there are times it's not real convenient to talk on the phone. Is that true? Right? It happens. Well, on Saturday night before Sunday, we, we, um, everything shut down and then the next Sunday, we stayed open, and there was a handful of churches in the area that that first Sunday stayed open. Um, and then the following week, I'm, okay, Lord, wh- what am I going to do? And I got a, not, a, not a phone call, but a FaceTime coming in. Someone wants to FaceTime with me on Saturday night at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, what in the world? FaceTime. And I thought, man, this guy's advanced. But um, here, he doesn't even know how to use his phone. He didn't even know he was FaceTiming. But I answer it, and it's a guy that went to our church when we first started the church. 30, you know, 36 years ago, 37 years ago. He was with us. He helped my dad do baptisms. He was heavily involved the first, like, four or five years. And it's him calling me. And I've, I've stayed in touch over the years, but you know, not super close, but it's him. And I, and I answer, he's like, David, Philadelphia, D-A-V-I-T, right? David, are you having church tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, we're going to be, yes, we're going to have church. I'll be there. I'm like, okay. And that was Darrell that's teaching Sundays. That was him FaceTiming me. And he doesn't know how to use a phone. Now I know. But so we talked and he was like, you know, Everything that we, we've talked about, everything we believe, everything Scripture tells us, I just don't feel, like, right about this. We can't, we can't not gather, you know. Um, and you can think whatever you want about that. This morning I was praying, and the Lord kind of reminded me of a verse that says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. This is not a rebuke, because I'm going to flip it both ways for you. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. For you. If you close down your church by faith because you believe you should, you're good. But for me to close down would have been out of fear, for me personally. And it would have been sin for me. Whatsoever is not a faith. My faith step was we couldn't close. If I felt my faith step was closed and God's got this and it's all good, then I would have done that. But for me, it was like fear or faith to stay open. And other churches closed down by faith, in faith, because they felt they should. And that's, you know, that's their walk. All of our walks are, we got to be obedient to the Lord. So the other, the other thing that happened was I got this phone call from this guy. And, you know, I'm brand new here. And um, I would get phone calls and people would, you know, John would give me a message, so-and-so called father, somebody called, a Catholic priest called, he wants to talk to you, someone else called, they want to talk to you about this whole thing, and I'm like trying to stay under the radar incognito, and I'm like, ah, people want to talk to me, he's got to talk to, he's got to talk to some people, and he, and he wants to have a conversation, he wants to know what you're doing, so I called him up, and had a conversation, and he talked to me for like 30, 40, 45 minutes, whatever about the situation. Then he called me maybe two other times. It was Jay was calling me uh, saying, what are you guys doing? And, 
And he said the same thing as Darrell. Like, all my life I heard about the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, what are we doing as a church body, like the, the Church of Jesus Christ all over the planet? Like, what, what do we believe? What do you believe? And again, for me, for me here at Family Worship Center and, and Becky and the board and my dad, same thing. He, we were like, we're going to stay open. And Jay referenced like last Easter, there was like 20. We had like 15, 20 people for a while. Then, then we had a like 30, 40 coming. And it was like, at first the camera was, was my phone and it was in the aisle right there. And we were live streaming because we, we never live streamed before. So we didn't know what we were doing, but we put the camera down there and we would have just the worship team. Cause I was, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I was thinking if we show that there's people in the building, the police might come. I don't know. I didn't know. We didn't know, right? We didn't know what was going on. I drove through Harleysville to work to the office here thinking, am I going to get pulled over? And they're going to say, let me see your papers. Like, I mean, that's how I felt. I'm looking in the rear mirror. It's like, I know I'm, church is essential. I'm allowed to go to the office, but this feels so weird. So we would have the camera there and just on the stage here, and, and my dad would sit next to the camera and talk during the service. You remember that? <laughs> he didn't realize he was right next to it. He would just say things, and, you know, he was, really, he was really enjoying it. It was a wonderful little atmosphere, and then that was April, and then May we kind of let it be known that we were here and, you know, maybe however many, 7,500 people started coming, whatever the case was. But Jay and his wife came every Sunday, um, showed up, and I knew, I went to school, high school with his son. We went to high school together. I knew his son, but I didn't know Jay. He's kind of known in the area, but I didn't know him personally, but they came and they would sit over here, and I do remember the Sunday. Yes, I was up, you know, on the platform here, and we were doing whatever, and boom, out the door they went. And yes, I was like, oh boy, what did I say? Um, and Jessica ran right after them and prayed with them out in the parking lot. And as he said, took a risk. Jessica's brand new, praying in the spirit. Never experienced that before in her life. Week before, whatever the timing was. Um, and she, would, she came in my office and, well, that week and said, let me pray for your knee. And she just started praying in the spirit, like boom. And then she goes, okay, I'm done. And like the faith, the childlike faith is so awesome. And her childlike faith of chasing them down and, and he came back in and, and, um, attended all this time. So because him and Darrell called me, the older men called me up and talked to me and, and encouraged me and were there when Jake called me this week and said, what do you think about me speaking to me? I know it's Easter Sunday morning, whatever. To me, is this man has been faithful, coming here, supportive, had a huge life change. The Lord really woke him up, fired him up. He, he's like Peter. He's bold as a lion. He's not ashamed. Who gets up and sings? You know, he's, he's just a truck-driving singer, but I don't think he's a church stage singer. But, man, just loves the Lord and is so excited about the Lord and the change that's been in his life. And I believe that we show honor to people, show honor to those that the Lord brings along 
we are here as a church for you, for the people. This is about you guys. This isn't about us. We're here to serve you. The worship team is here to serve you. The ministry team is here to serve you. And if I can serve in some way of helping somebody share their testimony, or there's probably some some men out there that have a, a, a message on their heart, and when we get Sunday nights cranked up, are going to preach a message. They might have one, but it's been a, a message that's been in their heart for years, and they've had, never had an opportunity to share it. And I, I believe the Lord has us here for that purpose, that to raise up, if I could say an army, but raise up, raise up men and women that, that can function raise up men and women that, that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that, that is working through them. Raise them up. That's what we're here to do. Equip people and send them out. Come in here, get equipped. Come in here, get blessed, get filled with the Spirit. Come in here, bless each other, exhort each other, edify each other, get built up and go out and share that. And I know sitting at home all year has been a really difficult thing for some to feel any kind of edification or feel built up in any way, kind of can be beat up and torn down. And, and um, I thank the Lord that he has sustained us through this whole year. Here we are. And it's been an incredible, awesome spiritual journey for a year and for so many that have had massive life changes, especially after years of sitting in church, it is, that's a miracle. That, that's the hardest ground. That's the hardest ground. People that are inoculated with the gospel, people that have a gospel vaccine, because they were, they were told when they were little that they were saved and everything was fine, and then they just went and lived their life, um, and they think they can't be harmed or they think everything's fine. But it was just knowledge of, of a prayer or knowledge of Christian education, but not a personal experience, not a personal relationship. And Easter is always an awesome time to think about, reflect on Resurrection Sunday. Those of you that are offended by a word, I'm sorry. I understand. I understand. Resurrection Sunday, not um, et cetera. But, but it's just a word. People don't mean bunnies when they say it in church. They don't mean that. They mean Jesus, what he did on the cross. They mean the blood of Jesus. Don't strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, please. They're hard to digest. Big hooves, camels, big hooves. They go down hard. Um, but I understand. So um, that's a little background of, and I share it just again because here we are a year later, and I'm trying to remember last Easter what was going on here. It was just a, a motley crew like him, a motley crew of people sitting around. And again, I'm not, I, I don't have to answer for anybody or any other group or whatever for what decisions they have to make. And, and everybody had to make decisions for themselves, what they thought was right to do. So um, I'm not anybody's judge, jury, or executioner. Um, but this is just what, what I felt we had to do. And so pray for Jay, because now he's going to have what's called a vulnerability hangover. When he gets home or tomorrow morning, he's going to wake up and he's going to say, what did I do in front of the church? <laughs> and he's going to have a massive vulnerability hangover. So pray for Jay, because the Lord's going to use him in this community. 
He knows a lot of people in this community, and the Lord's going to use him and is using him, and I'm proud of him for speaking out, for sharing his heart, for um, sharing what the Lord put on him. And I want to ask you all, pray for him, pray for his family, um, stepping out, anybody that, all of you that step out, we're covering you with prayer. We're pleading the blood of Jesus that we sang about today, the blood of Jesus in our lives, the blood of Jesus that protects the blood that was shed to save us, the blood that was shed to heal us. We thank the Lord for this day, Resurrection Sunday, the power of the resurrection. I want to just pray, and I'll just share a couple short thoughts with you today. If you're nervous, you can still have your um, Thanksgiving meal, no problem. Hopefully you put it off to three or four. What did I say, Thanksgiving? Huh? What's wrong with saying that? You guys don't do stuff like that? Huh? You can't, I can't make a mistake? Oh, thank you. Thanksgiving meal, meal Thanksgiving, Easter Thanksgiving meal Christmas. Okay, Easter meal. I mean, Resurrection Sunday meal. Hallelujah. My, my, my. So I want to pray for them as we transition a hair here. And, and, and I also want to say that um, you, we're here for you guys. This is all about the church. And there's a couple people in this church that are celebrating something. So while we're praying, I want you to remember them. Because Mike and Tammy Carpenter want to announce the engagement of their daughter, Natasha, to Taylor Campbell. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> they, got in, they got engaged engaged yesterday. They're going to get married summer of 2022 after Tasha graduates from Liberty. So, congratulations. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys know them? All right. What are they doing? <laughs> so, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for worship. Thank you for, thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit here, Lord. Empower us. Lord, thank you for a life change for Jay, Lord, a wake-up call. Lord, thank you for empowering him. Lord, use him. I pray, Father, that you use him in this community, all the people he knows. Lord, that his testimony, as Becky read today, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And, Lord, that he overcomes the evil one. He overcomes spirit of religion in, in this area, Lord, that's keeping us in bondage. Lord, and that his testimony will break chains, will set people free. Lord, we pray for Taylor and Natasha, Lord, that got engaged. Father, thank you for joining a man and a woman in holy matrimony. Next year, Lord, thank you for the blessing on their life, the favor that you've showed on that family. Lord, bless them and keep them. Be with them. Let them get to know each other this year, Lord, and know you. Father, may your presence be with them. Lord, I pray for those sick here in this area, Lord, that aren't well. We pray for your Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit touch, Holy Spirit anointing. Lord, we pray, Father, that you use us 
Lord, in, in these few moments here where we open the bread of life, Lord, the word of God, Father, I just pray your anointing on it. I pray for everybody that hears this, these words. Lord, they'll have ears to hear from your Holy Spirit. They'll have eyes to see the kingdom. Lord, they'll be drawn into a deeper, stronger relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so just want to tee this up. I, I, there's a thing called Facebook, if you've heard of it. 2007, I got on it. I like it. There's a statement for you. I posted on Facebook. I felt sad this week, and then I, I just posted that I was trying to ascertain why I felt sad, figure it out. Why do I feel sad? I got wife, kids, grandkids, family, church family, Holy Spirit's moving, Holy Spirit's doing a work. Why do I feel sad? And I just was thinking about it, and I just pictured myself sitting down at Tabor and walks all down at my dad's graveside, and I realized that what I felt was grief, you know? I felt the feeling of grief. Um, it's a normal thing. I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. A lot of people were pretty concerned about me. It, I just feel grief, you know? I feel a little grief. Um, you know, the whole circumstances surrounding that whole situation. Um, but then, you know, work through that, whatever. It's, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. The, 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 the deeper you love someone, the more you grieve them. I learned that one time. They taught us that in in a training we went to um, for to share with people that have experienced loss. The deeper the loss, the, the deeper the grief you feel. Um, but yesterday, I was feeling kind of funny again. I'm sorry to talk about feelings, but indicator of what's going on. The Lord gets our attention. He kind of gets our attention through things we feel. And I was... I don't know, heavy-hearted a little? Like, it's, it's just a strange, it's a, so, a sober, a sobering feeling. I felt sober, you know, and I usually like to have fun and joke around, um, enjoy life. But I felt very sober and a s- sober, serious feeling I couldn't really shake. And Becky told me she felt it a little bit too. Did you, Beck? Amen. Something, it's, there's a warfare that goes on in this in this building, there's warfare that goes on in this body. So this morning, I'm like, Lord, what do I feel? What, what, what do I, like, it's, you feel this, something's lacking? You feel this lack? And I was in the kitchen this morning, making some coffee, making some eggs, praying, thinking about the service. And it just dawned on me that this grief I feel a little bit inside is I, I'm so tired of the natural realm. I'm so tired of talking about natural things, not the kingdom. I, I get, I'm weary in my heart of being focused. And all of us, our society, our culture, 
we're focused on material things. We're focused on everything we can see around us. We're focused on our homes, our yards, our cars, our jobs, our clothes, our shoes, our, our um, devices, our computers, whatever, our TV. We're focused on material things around us. And there is just nothing soul-satisfying about material things. And I remember about three weeks ago, I started a message out on the kingdom, and I challenged you guys to stop whatever you're doing, whatever you're pursuing right now in your heart, put it on pause for a moment, and seek first the kingdom. You remember me talking about that? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the scripture tells us all other things will be added. So the reset in my heart, that feeling I have is the Lord's calling, drawing, kingdom. Kingdom, seek the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the things of God. Seek first. And where do those things take place? They're spiritual. His kingdom is spiritual. It's, it's in the spirit. God is spirit. Those that worship him must worship in spirit. And in truth, pursue spiritual things. Seek first spiritual things in your life. Whatever you're pursuing, even if it's a blessing and, and the Lord blesses you and you receive a gift or you receive you know, promotion or whatever the case may be in your life, maybe you, know, you receive $600 after being out of work for a year and the government just blessed you so much with $600. Amazing. That's irony. You could call it sarcasm. Um, this world will never satisfy us. And that longing, the, the Bible tells us even the earth groans in anticipation. The earth itself groans in anticipation of the new earth that the Lord will establish and the, the revealing of the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. The earth groans. The spirit groans. When we pray, when we worship, our spirit groans. And sometimes we don't know why, Lord, what do I feel? Why do I feel this intensity? My spirit is groaning for the spirit realm, for the Holy Spirit, for the kingdom of God to be established here, for the kingdom of God to be manifest, for the sons and daughters of God to be empowered by his, his spirit, for our words, for the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, that we, we would have abundance in our heart of the kingdom, abundance in our heart of our love for Jesus, Abundance in our heart for a, for a desire to be part of the harvest, to pursue the, the harvest with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Abundance in our heart to pray for the sick, to pray for those that aren't well, to share our story, our testimony, to receive a life change like Jay received and many have received. A life change where it just comes flowing out of our mouth. That when we sit at a table or we or out to breakfast, out to lunch with someone, whatever, 
the case may be, that what flows out of our heart is our love for our Savior. What flows out of our heart is our thankfulness for what Jesus has done and is doing in our life. Our stories that we share, our stories that we tell, our exploits, our stories that we tell are what's, what God is doing in our life and in people's lives around us. I grieve, I, I grow weary. I'm going to get in trouble again. <laughs> Thank you. There's a lot of Christian education that's, that takes place in churches. It's education, information. And I fear that, that our heart is so full of information about the Bible or information about life or information about politics, whatever. Our heart is so full of information because we don't have any life experience to talk about. We're not experiencing the kingdom. We're not experiencing a relationship. <clears throat> so we share information. Turn in your Bibles. You can in a minute, but... <clears throat> We say things like, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 27, and we'll look there in a minute. But, and we look at information, and you might come here. You, you might even be sitting here feeling frustrated. Why did that guy talk so long? Why, did, why isn't there a sermon? Why do people speak out? What is going on around here? You've heard, I was counting. I started preaching in June two years ago every Sunday. I never preached every, every, every Sunday before in my life. Taught every Wednesday. I taught Sunday school every Sunday for many, many years, but I never stood on the platform. I never stood at the pulpit and, and preached or, or shared every Sunday ever two years ago, June. It's 52 weeks a year. You know, in June, that's 104 times in two years of standing here. And then Wednesdays, another 104 times. 208 times in two years of speaking, 208 times. That's crazy. Like, wow, if you count them, right? And you've been in church 30, 40, 50 years, however, 20 years. You count Sundays, you count Sunday school, you count Wednesdays, Bible studies, you count anything you would watch on TV, you count any books you read. You've been educated beyond any generation in the history of the world, you have more biblical education than any generation in the history of the world. And I'm not trying to be rude. I like to say that because I mean it. I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm not, that's not my goal is for you to feel bad. I'm saying this to me too. I'm not saying this for you to feel bad, but what in the world are we doing with all this information? And you just come and sit again, and you say, tell me something I never heard before. I want to sit here and hear something interesting. I want it to be presented in a way that is captivating. Why? We've done that year after year after year. The history of our, our Christian walk, our life, church, and our lifetime. I'm weary of it. I'm weary of it. I want to have something to talk about on Wednesday. 
that happened today, tomorrow, or Tuesday that the Lord did in my life, in someone's life that I shared Jesus with, that I prayed for. And then we come together and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. we, what's our testimony today? And not well, 1964, I got saved at an old rugged cross at a, you know, a, a, a children's whatever thing in the summertime they called Bible school. What are they called? Vacation Bible school. I, I have memories of all that too, and I get that. But if all, your, if all your Bible stories, if all your God stories are from when you were a child or a teenager, you need to revisit your relationship with Jesus. If all you can talk about is, well, when I was in college, I went to Chi Alpha. I think that's a thing. When I was in high school, I went to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So did I. I went there. I sat in a hot tub one night, and I heard the voice of God audibly. I'll tell you that story later. But I, I could tell you, I was, it was... My senior year, so I was 17 or 18 years old. I was sitting in a hot tub, and I heard the audible voice of God, for real. Twice in my life, I heard God speak to me audibly. It's where you go like this. Did you say something? Who said that? Because, you know, there's that still small voice, and then there's this voice outside your head. Who's calling, who's calling on me now? Come get him. He's hearing voices. Amen. But if that's my story when I was 18... I'm going to be 52 this month. That's my story when I was 18. That's my story when I was 25. That's not good. That's not good. It's not good, and it's not enjoyable. Like, there's nothing even fun about it. Showing up to hear more Christian education I'm going to read scripture to you today. I'm I'm going to a little bit. And if I didn't, there are people that would leave here going, I came to church and they didn't even read the Bible. What kind of church is that? You've heard the Bible read your whole life, some of you. We need an empowering. We need a relationship. We need to fall back in love with Jesus. We need, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth to speak what's going on in here. Because you're, I mean, that's what Jesus said, right? Whatever's coming out of your mouth is what you're filled up with. And if you're filled up with, I guess the Phillies started again, right? Hey, hey how's it going? Oh, you shoot, catch them Phils? Nothing wrong with it. I get it. You know, there's nothing wrong with the Phillies. But if that's all that comes out of your mouth, hey, did you hear about AOC? <laughs> yeah, I heard about it. Does nothing for me in here. Let's pray for her and pray for those in spiritual leadership. 
what's coming out of us. It's Easter. Oops, it's Resurrection Sunday. To the pure, all things are pure. Who told you you were naked? I'll preach that later. I know. I have a lot to say, but I don't have enough time. Sunday nights will kick in soon. It's the resurrection. If you brought your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. Do not stand for the reading of the Word of God. Because I don't need you to stand. Sometimes they do that. But Matthew chapter 27. We'll start. We'll start at verse 38. At that time, two robbers were crucified with him. One on the right and one on the left. And those passing by were hurling abuse at him, at Jesus, wagging their heads. This is wagging your head. This is wagging your finger. And saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. And we this morning say, Thank God he was the son of God and he stayed on the cross. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for staying on the cross for us. Verse 41, in the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him. Don't get all high and mighty, people. You might have been mocking him too. Hindsight's twenty twenty. There's stuff happening right in front of your eyes today that's Jesus. It's pure Jesus. And you have a temptation to mock it. You have a temptation to be like, what is this? It's pure Jesus. I'll elaborate that on that later, Tony. Write, write that one down. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. He saved others he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. Guess what? They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. If he came down off the cross, they'd have been like, well, that was some kind of trickery. What is he, a magician? How did that happen? That's human nature. Oh, I'll believe if. No, you won't. You've already seen 10,000 things to make you believe, and you rejected them. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. I'm looking at humanity, okay? Humanity, we do this. But if you want me to look at it, there's one there and one over there and one. Just kidding. He trusts God. Let God rescue him now. Man, they love to mock. They did it to him. They'll do it to you. That's what Jesus said. What they did to me, they're going to do to you. 
You're not better than your master. People will say to you, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Mr. Whatever or Miss Whatever. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you believe in God. Family Worship Center trusts in God. Let God rescue them. Jesus trusts in God. Let God rescue him. If he delights in him, for he said, I am the son of God. 44, the robbers who had been crucified with him were also insulting him with the same words. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon the land until the ninth hour. All of a sudden it got dark. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Doggone it, I should have Googled this. Eli, Eli, Lama. Huh? That's what I said. Amen. That is, that by the way, if you get a word you can't pronounce, just Google it and they'll pronounce it for you. Like Rabboni. I had to look that one up just to make sure I was accurate. Rabboni. Okay. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'll preach on that. Write that one down. That's Psalm 22. Jesus was quoting right there. Um, Verse 47. Some of those who were standing there, when they heard it, began saying, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran, taking a sponge. He filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the rest of them said, let's see whether Elijah will come save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Did you guys just read that with me? You heard me say it, right? This is my 51st Easter, 51 Easter's in church. 51. I've heard this scripture read many, many times. My brain goes on autopilot sometimes when I read familiar scriptures. So I pause and I back up and I look at it again. When Jesus yielded up his spirit, the veil of the temple, they say, was three feet thick. You can't even open plastic packaging when you buy something in the store. And when you use your knife, you cut your finger trying to open it, right? You can't even go to the self-checkout line in the grocery store and open a bag without licking your fingers, and you're not allowed to do that. But the veil of the temple, three feet thick, was ripped top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks were split like huge boulders just split. 
graves opened up and dead people walked around. People that were dead came out of, their, out of the tomb and walked around. That's just some people going out that door. What in the world happened that day on that cross when Jesus died? The whole earth, the physical realm, shook with the power of what was going on. What in the world happened on that cross? Do you believe that people could come out of a tomb and walk around? That's weird. That's very weird. And they went into the city. Jesus himself was resurrected in a glorified body. And he hanged out hung out, uh, hanged out, he hung out, hung out with his disciples. Jesus was like uh, hanging out with his disciples. Forty days came out of the group before he left for 40 days walking around. I submit for your consideration If you can't believe and see Jesus through what's happening in the natural realm, like Jay comes up and says, my life has changed. A year ago, this happened, and this girl came out and prayed over me. And if, if you can't believe that and go, wow, awesome, praise the Lord. You can't believe what you see. You think you're going to believe a manifestation of a dead person coming out of a tomb and walking around? You think that would be like, wow, I believe. No, you'd be like, okay, what kind of trickery is going on here? I know because people pray out in tongues or something and people are like, what is that? That sounds like whatever. That can't be real. Manifestations of the spirit realm, a lot of people are like, no thanks. If you say no thanks to the spirit realm, you're saying no thanks to Jesus. That's his kingdom. That's his kingdom. Five minutes, th three minutes, th three to five, maybe eight. No, three to five, three. Now the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were happening, had a very natural response, an appropriate response. They were very frightened. I pray to God when the, when the Holy Spirit manifests more and more and more in this building, that we go... We have a holy fear, a reverence of it, not a, yeah, whatever. Thank God these centurions had a holy fear, and they were like, whatever, this is weird. They were frightened, and they said, truly, 
this was the Son of God. What happened on that cross? Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. The first account I composed, Theophilus, was the book self-titled Luke. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. The first account I composed about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Not just teach, do and teach. The book we're reading is called The Acts of the Apostles. It could be called The Acts of the Early Church. Acts, what they did. You read this whole book? It's a whole book about what the early church did. If a book was written about Family Worship Center in 2021... This year, would it be entitled, What Was Taught and Learned and Heard or What We Did? I just propose to you on this Resurrection Sunday, make it your priority this year to let the Holy Spirit do things through you. You've learned enough, you got enough education. You got enough information. It's time for us to do, right? So this is what all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After he had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Isn't that interesting that it says he had given orders by the Holy Spirit? He was there but the Holy, when you give orders by the Holy Spirit, when you preach by the Holy Spirit, when you teach by the Holy Spirit, those are just some people walking in and sitting down. Humans. Hi, humans. Boy, they're cute, aren't they? Love them, girls. Amen. Three minutes. When you receive orders by the Holy Spirit from me or from whoever in your life, when you receive information by the Holy Spirit, it's life-changing. That's why I say, Lord, speak to us by the Holy Spirit. Not just education and information. Lord, speak to us. Jesus had given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking. Okay, Jesus appeared over a period of 40 days. He physically appeared to, his, to the disciples. Jesus, oh, you, ah. He came out of the grave. He's standing right here. 
He's resurrected. Here he is. He's standing right here. No. What's he going to say? What's he going to talk about? What is Jesus going to talk about? He's walking around for 40 days, out of the grave, resurrected body. What's he going to talk, talk about? He presented himself alive, appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking of things regarding the kingdom of God. Gathered them together and commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Came out of the grave, walking around. Two things. What he spoke to them about was the kingdom. What he told them to do was receive an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I started talking to you about the kingdom a couple weeks ago. I've heard very few messages in my whole life on the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven and the kingdom. Jesus, the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Okay. Which I heard a message recently that it's interesting the disciples didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to raise the dead. Jesus, teach us how to heal people. They said, teach us how to pray. And he said, okay, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So full of Christian education and information. What do we need to be doing? We need to be seeing what's done in heaven happening on this earth. God's will, the will that he has in heaven happening on this planet. And we need to be the vessels that are bringing the kingdom message to the world. The acts of the apostles, what happened? They received this message. They heard this teaching, and they turned the world upside down. The supernatural happened. I've had enough of the natural realm. I really have. I'm not interested in the natural realm. I don't want to perfect the natural realm. I don't want to make the natural realm more pretty. I want to soak up and absorb the kingdom, the spirit realm. And I left you a couple weeks ago and I said, seek first the kingdom. And I said, if, if you don't know what that means, the first thing you need to do is go home and say, Lord, what is the kingdom Lord, Holy Spirit, this happened on this cross right here. This happened. He died. The earth shook. And what did he provide? The blood of Jesus purified us. The blood of Jesus purified me so that I can be the temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit can live in me. The blood of Jesus made me pure enough 
that God could live in me, his presence. I, I could have his spirit in me. And that spirit, Jesus said, will lead and guide you into all truth. So forget Google, forget a book. Ask Jesus, Holy Spirit, reveal truth to me. What is the kingdom? I want to seek first your kingdom. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Reveal this to me. Holy Spirit, show me. Thank you for listening to the FWC podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, you can visit our website at familyworshipcenter.org or in person at 1000 Troxel Road in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Have a great day.